All right, give myself a second here. Blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> Good to go? Yep. All right. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host with the most. And if you don't like wrestling, ladies, I will ghost you. I'm Lee Walker. Joining me today from the Smacked Raw podcast, part of the. Ah, fuck. It's okay, right. man. It's okay. No, I, I can always start over. It's really easy for me because this is just an opener. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host with the most. And ladies, if you don't like wrestling, I'll ghost you. I'm Lee Walker, and I am joined from Smacked Raw's The Rewind. Kyle, Kyle, how are you doing today? What is going on, Lee? Happy to be here. You nailed it, man. I, I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to do something new here. As you can tell, we don't have former WWE writer Rob Hockman. We don't have from Perch Gaming, uh, the adorable one. Uh, we want to invite others from other shows on here uh, so you guys can get a different perspective on the feel of wrestling from others. Kyle, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about yourself. Tell us about your show and everything you guys do. Yeah, so we host a weekly show live on twitch.tv slash raw. Myself and my esteemed co-host, RN. Uh, it's called The Rewind. Essentially, we just take a look at what's been going on in the latest week of wrestling between, um, you know, what's happening in and outside the ring. So, you know, we'll talk about cool story stuff and matches that have occurred, but also uh, backstage rumors, news reports, kind of just like a whole pro wrestling generalization and we're more opinion-based. We're not really trying to deliver the news. We just like to, you know, call a spade a spade on our show. And so if you're interested in just hearing two middle-aged guys' opinions on what's happening in and outside of professional wrestling, uh, you should check us out. It's actually a lot of fun, and we just we just crack a bunch of jokes. It, it's it's actually it's more or less silly than anything. But um, but yeah, man, uh, that's that's what we do. It, it ends up being a lot of fun. The Twitch community is is really what the driving force is there. Um, interacting with like a lot of the live stream. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I've watched you guys live. It's a very entertaining show guys. Make sure you go check that out. I've been part of it with uh, Dave yeah. know, with it, with his show that he has. And it's a lot of fun. You know, you guys do a lot of fun things and uh, part of the incentive of, of bringing on others is, is to share in that fun. And ladies and gentlemen, tonight, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk some wrestling news. We're going to give our opinions. So if you like two middle-aged men talking about wrestling, tonight <laughs> is the show for you. Yeah, man. Um, Where else are you going to find a, a wrestling podcast like starring middle-aged men? You know, <laughs> it's, it's, this, is, this is the rare niche of, of podcasting here, folks. Yeah, we, uh, we, we fit that 18 to 45 demographic. We're Barely. just on the other end. <laughs> <laughs> so uh kyle yeah man how much do you know about the stuff going on in AEW with cody rhodes and all the the rumors he's going to wwe and everything i uh so part of i have a 40 minute commute to my job yeah and part of my habit is i throw on uh youtube channels like wrestle talk and cultaholic and so i'm i'm all the time hearing the retelling of professional wrestling news. And yeah, I mean, I've heard it. I've heard the whole everything from 
you know, uh, his departure, what it seems to be over a dispute, it, like him essentially losing his grasp on, on his paycheck and the power backstage. I guess at one part they're reporting that he wants to honor his father by becoming a promoter and a booker, you know, and, and it's just the um, public opinion of Cody. This is the narrative since the public opinion of Cody has been turning and we're getting the appearances of, of like Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Adam Cole, all these people draining TK's checkbook. Um, Cody doesn't really have as much leverage as he did, you know, when he was uh, a founding father of the company. And so apparently it's all summarized about money. Like uh, that's the, the story is you going to WWE to, to make some money. Here comes the money, money, <laughs> money, money, money. Got to get that Shane McMahon seems. Oh, you in there, man. How can you not? Shuffle. Um, yeah, it, it really does see seem to be all about the dollar dollar bills. And uh, from other things that I have read, especially like here on Fightful Select uh, today, they posted uh, talking about. Uh, several top stars in WWE getting ready to welcome Cody with open arms. Uh, they do say that Fightful has not heard of Cody signing a contract yet. So there could still be talks that he could still end up staying in AEW. But as we saw on Dynamite, he was already taken out of the, the opener and everything. The opener. I mean, they still name drop him, but Dynamite's never like AEW's never shined away from admitting other companies and, and people exist even after they've left. I don't know, man. I'm one of the marks that still, I don't know. I'm like, I'm still like 70, 30. It's a work, you know? <laughs> like, and you know, I've, I've seen a lot of fans be like, yo, this has got to be a work. It's got to be a work. <laughs> so look, one side of me is forever. I've been going on about how like, well, they got to find some way creatively to be able to allow them to go after the world title and all. But then at the other end of this is like giving the current landscape, that would be the worst fucking thing to do right now is pull some loophole stuff just to integrate them into this already congested AEW title scene. So I'm 70% that he is leaving, maybe not WWE or whatever, like, but he is leaving, but about a good solid third of me. Is still like, man, this is like the biggest work in professional wrestling ever. So I don't know, man. It, it would be if they did that. I don't know how the fans would perceive it, though. Like I me <laughs> myself, like if, if you pull uh, if you pulled something like that, I'd be pretty ticked off, mm-hmm. you know, as a fan, because it's like, all right, now you're, you're just kind of insulting us a little bit. But if you but in order to get Cody to an AEW championship where it was, Hey, you'll never get to go for this again. Type deal. You who knows? I yeah. Would... Like I said, like, even though I think like part of me wants to think it is, I still understand. I'd be super unhappy if that was the case, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. It's like, almost like if, you know, like if you break up with someone like, yeah, it stings initially, but then eventually you come around to acceptance yeah. And then when they come back into your life, you're like, man, I just got done getting over you, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Also, uh, I don't, I don't mean to, uh, to uh, go off topic here, but did we get the same memo as far as dress code? I just realized this, you know, I was looking too, and I was like, wait a second, something, 
something seems very fitting fans uh we're both in plaid shirts you know yeah. so just once again middle-aged white guy uniforms here so. yeah pretty much yeah yeah it's like the work uniform, but it's also the I'm at home uniform. I'm comfortable uniform. You know, it's it. it this is like an everyday thing almost. The, the thing about podcasting from home when you have video, it's like what level of effort goes into your outfit? Like you don't want to go on just what you wear necessarily around the house. Yeah. But to what degree do you dress up? And this is about it. Like you throw you throw a button up over just like one of your favorite t-shirts over a wrestling shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I totally feel that, man. Like it's it's it, off topic, but I it's it. You're 100 percent right, man. Like we are great minds think alike. And that's the best way I can put that. Great minds think alike. Uh, the adorable one from Perch Gaming did want me to note this for fans to hear. When it comes to Cody Rhodes. The man leaves WWE, goes to Ring of Honor, starts up AEW, but in the process almost kills Ring of Honor. While in AEW, bashes WWE, more or less Triple H on some things. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing him head back to WWE. The adorable one wants to know, what the hell was the point of all of that then? I I mean, I get it. When When he left... The, the narrative, once again, no one really knows. Ex- I mean, well, I guess he, he made it public, but I mean, he was creatively unhappy. He was creatively unfor- unfulfilled. The Stardust character was, you know, and that's one thing. That's one thing I got to give it to professional wrestlers is just how much they humble themselves, like to go out and do something that you or I would perceive as very embarrassing. And they will admit that themselves, they're not fans of what they're doing but they'll still treat it with the utmost professionalism and give it their all 100 like you'd never guess when you saw cody out there as stardust that he hated his character he still put 100 percent of effort into it you know um but uh i i mean what do you do he he went on he went on his bucket list tour he got to famous he got to wrestle a bunch of famous legends he got to cut some awesome babyface promos uh he touched down in i think it was still called what what culture professional wrestling WCPW before it became defiant wrestling. And before ultimately it was closed down because they ran themselves bankrupt, but he was one of the big names when that company was upstarting and hearing the passion in his voice, like, you know, like we bash on all these wrestlers, you know, making the vignettes of escaping prison and stuff like that. But I mean, when, when they care about their art, you know, there's there's people that do a job for money and then there's other people that do it for a passion. At the end of the day, money is always a, a factor, but some people, the passion um, uh, is is there more. And dude, just like him, him proclaiming his name is Cody Rhodes, not Stardust in that company, uh, kissing the mat. Like you could see this dude was a white hot baby face that loved the that loved being perceived as a professional wrestler. Um, and he got to do that tour, man. He went everywhere and did it. He went to New Japan, and you're right, you know, touchdown Ring of Honor, AEW. And now that he's going back, it's like, who knows, man? Maybe creatively he had his fill, and now he realizes, hey, look, I don't have much time left in my career. Let's make as much money as I can before I get out of here, before I call it a day. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of like how I would perceive a regular person doing it you know that's 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 my perception yeah and 
Um, part of the part of the fightful select report that they that they had posted today about Cody and Brandy with this was Brandy was seen the other day at the Nightmare Factory training. Uh, she has a show that she's actively shopping for a network on. The reality show that they have has been renewed for season two, and uh, guys in AEW, you know, had told Fightful that they have not seen any filming going on, so maybe they're waiting. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But um, a lot of that stuff that they had outside of AEW apparently is still going to continue as well. So, what's your take on uh, Brandy Rhodes being a public character whether it's you know like on screen stuff so like i'm really upset actually about it because i'm upset that she was in the middle of what i thought was an interesting storyline with dan lambert yeah and the whole you know his whole like mma crew that he's got with him and you know scorpio sky and ethan page uh especially when page came out and you know they they ripped the two apart and everything like that um I think she does good, you know, she, as far as ring work, she could use some, you know, more training. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, she's pretty good on the mic. Like, you know, she comes, she, when she wants, she gives this whole, like, I'm a badass with attitude. Yeah. But- see, that's, that's my issue though, is like, there are, in my opinion, man, there are there are lead actors and then there's supporting roles. She's a supporting role. She she is a supporting role, but oftentimes being put in the position of like lead actors. And I feel like that's where like the a lot of like the resistance is with a lot of the fan base. Like like my my buddy, me and RN, we were we used to go in on Cutie Marshall all the time about how this dude was uh, how was he getting airtime on dynamite. This guy is is just like he's the equivalent of like Miracle Whip. It's like, no, I want mayonnaise. I don't want this fucking Miracle Whip. <laughs> um, and uh, but this whole thing with Hook, you know, being a proxy feud, sending his new guys after him, relegating it to like um, uh, a rampage suits him much better. He's not shoved down our throat during major television. Hook is the one getting the shine, not QT. You know, but it does build to like Hook's like first, like first boss in his career. You know, he's taken on his first set of henchmen and QT will be that first like low level boss that he overcomes. <laughs> and I have felt that is like that has been how you utilize QT. Like I got to go with with RN Marshall um, uh, on television. And I'm not telling Brandy by no means she needs to go to the back and, you know, not be heard but like man you it's like you gotta have somebody out there with you like there's gotta be more than it's just just you taking on these people and i feel like i feel like that was the resistance was she really seemed to like like i said whoever wants it i don't know but she's being placed in that in that main role when really she should just take a step or two back and um and uh i don't know exactly how to use her because i don't book shit but uh but yeah, I guess that's my point. That's my point. She'd be better in a supporting role than uh, than these main roles that she's been placed in. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like she's more of a manager-esque type role, like a QT is. And I'm, I'm glad you brought QT up, you know, his ties with Cody and the Nightmare Factory. Um, I found something out through Ray Lloyd, who is Glacier, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I contact each other. We're, we're in contact. We got some things coming up that we're, we're working on. Cool. Uh, Glacier has seemingly left the nightmare factory. Actually, he was uh, a trainer there. Unfortunately for him, the drive is a little too much mm-hmm. for, for where it is compared to where he lives. So he's not, I shouldn't really say he's like fully left. He's only showing up here or there maybe once a month, but uh, he's seemingly on his way out from the nightmare factory. Uh, I was kind of hoping at some point we would see an AEW spot with him. As we had talked about in our interview, you can go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope and find our interview with Glacier. Um, But yeah, he, he, him, QT, Cody, the Nightmare Factory. It seems that AEW is not going to change anything as far as using the Nightmare Factory because mm-hmm. of QT and everything, which is good. They need some sort of system to bring in talent because, uh, you know, AEW Dark and uh, AEW Dark Elevation, they seemingly take a lot of independent people. But now that they've got that school, you know, they can start filtering in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the other cool thing about the school is in our interview with Jacques Rougeau, he's got his wrestling academy in Canada and it's a tournament. The winner of the tournament will win $5,000 cash prize and will win a scholarship to the nightmare factory. That's dope, man. So that's pretty cool. And if you want to listen to that interview fans, you can go to youtube.com slash perch on the top rope. I have no problem doing shameless plugs all night. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> so I, I found that news interesting with Glacier, especially since, you know, he'd been there pretty much since like day one. Uh, wish him the best, but on to other pressing news especially with AEW Fightful Select. Kyle, I don't know if you saw this. It's been in the works since January. Apparently, Buddy Matthews is going to be headed to AEW. Yeah, I know the news. Water's wet. Um, (laughs) We knew this was coming. We knew this was coming, man. Like, you know, Bama likes to call me a shill for AEW, but I just, I have like... I just enjoy things easier, I think, is all it is. But I will say this. If, if AEW is universally praised for anything that it does, it's, it's work rate. They, it, they like guys that can have a high work rate, that can throw it down in that ring on any given night. And Buddy Matthews proved time and time again with his feud with, um, with uh, Malachi Black uh, in WWE that that dude can deliver a five-star match any day of the night and um but yeah oh he's totally going to the the house of black yeah he's joining up with him with him and brody king i i hope house of black becomes what i originally pitched for the dark order when the dark order were brand new before being the elite before they were the lovable supporting cast of adam page um the the dark order my original pitch for them was that they would be like an unattended, an unattended small fire. They, they never were like in the spotlight on, on dynamite, you know, but behind the scenes, they were, they were slowly cutting these pretty cool vignettes, almost like fight club esque, like how they were recruiting people. And, um, 
and they were slowly gaining forces while I think at the time it was like, I want to say like Chris Jericho and Adam page were fighting it out or Chris Jericho in one of his first feuds. Um, and so like, just nobody was really paying attention to them because they were like a side story. And I always thought like, how great would this be if the, if them like a small unattended fire just swelled up, swelled up so big while everyone else was fighting. And then one day they flipped the switch and now um, it's like, they're, they're too big to be contained by baby faces or, or, um, or heels in that matter. And they become this overwhelming force. And I'd love to see that for house of black because it'd be weird to have three guys perceived as so deadly as they are um, for them to just be another faction that trades off wins and losses. You know, you'd want, you'd want there's some force of, of like dominance, almost like, um, almost like uh, the U S title reign of, of, uh, of Rusev, uh, you know, of Miro when he was in WWE, he wasn't a world champion, but it was like, dude, he was like unstoppable. He crushed everybody. They just never threw him at the world championship, but everybody else was just tossed aside until, uh, until John Cena squashed all that shit, you know? And that's my hopes, buddy Matthews, AW house of black, get another member or two and just have them completely destroy the roster including Dark Order. I agree with that because I would say almost like the Dark Order should be the first few that they have to establish where the, the darker, meaner. Yeah. You guys are the comedy act now almost. It's kind of like how I would see fit to do that. They're like uh, a happy Madison production. Yeah. Like they, they really strike me as like Adam Sandler levels of comedy and humor. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I love them because I'm from that era, but I get why other people call them, um, Oh man, RN had a great name for him. But you know what? Just keep going. It'll come to me later and I'll just interrupt you. That's perfectly uh, okay. Because fans, <laughs> if you want to hear our interview with Buddy Murphy, now Buddy Matthews, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. We interviewed Buddy Matthews. And one of the very first questions we asked was what's going to happen with him and Malachi Black? And this interview was four months ago. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he said out of his mouth, yeah, we're not done yet. So fans, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Find that Buddy Matthews interview. You will be very impressed. As you, as you can tell, I like doing interviews. It's one of my favorite things. To yeah, do. man. Um, it was it, When it came to Cody and AEW, you had said that you were, it's a 70-30 on your end thinking it's a work. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Josh Alexander with the losing the his 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 visa is expired contract with impact is up right now type deal we saw on tv connor debuts in impact and he beats him in under a minute former nxt tag team champion yeah and uh, he gets indefinitely suspended he's off no surrender do you think that's a work is weird so you have to forgive me um Every time I try to do a, a watch impact, I get invited to do someone's podcast and I end up missing the episode. Like tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like tonight. <laughs> um, but I did see that. That I did, I did see that. It blew my mind. I was like, wow, I, it was my first time tuning into Impact in forever. And I had to ask people, I was like, is is Connor Ben on here? And and sure enough, no, it was I just happened to tune in on the right night. Yeah. Um I don't know too much behind it. Impact's usually below my radar. I will say one thing. 
Um, it does strike me, you know, granted, I know that AEW doesn't do everything with purpose as much as WWE. WWE seems to have a real strict tie of like, don't name drop or say something unless it's already in work. Yeah. Um, but Brandy Rhodes did name drop Josh Alexander uh, during that um, during a promo battle with uh, Ethan Page. Yeah. You know, she said that I believe that's what she said. Like, we only signed you so we could get to Josh Alexander. Yep. So that does raise some eyebrows, I think, as far as that goes. That's about it. That's all I really have for that. I don't know much beyond that. Okay. See, it ra- that raised eyebrows to me when that happened. But when I when I had found out that he was no longer on when you know he had tweeted all that stuff, I was kind of surprised and taken back, especially after I found out through Mark Madison. Uh, a dirt sheet writer that impact like helped sponsor his work visa. Okay. So like, so what is, is he Canadian or European? He's Canadian. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm a little confused now. Like if they are letting him go or if they were keeping him, why wasn't anyone up to date on his work visa and getting it renewed and everything. If that's the case, then why did nobody know when Adam Cole's contract was up? Kyle O'Reilly's contract was up is you'd love to think that these businesses work like a well-oiled machine, but they don't, but they don't. Yeah. And a a prime example of that is when they released Alistair black from Mm -hmm. WWE. Now we know as Malachi black and AEW. He, he still had the clause from NXT where he didn't have a 90-day. He had a 30-day yeah. clause. Yeah, so, so you're show- right. There are companies, there are certain things that they might not be paying attention to, and this could be one of those cases. Just slipped under the radar, man. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows? I'd love to see. I know, you know, I'm on Twitter more than I'd like to admit, um, <laughs> but I do see a lot of buzz about the guy. You know, and I and I do turn into um, if there's anything I do watch with impact is I tune into their big pay-per-views now, yeah. um, kind of like how I treated NXT back in the day. I didn't really watch it weekly, but I watch every takeover, you know, so that's kind of what impact has become. And I'm trying to watch it more. Um, but like I said, I watched that last one where what he defeated Christian, right? Maybe it yeah. wasn't the last pay-per-view, but I watched the one where he defeated Christian. And then I guess Moose, um, Moose came in and like cashed in cashed in yeah i, I still like don't remember family, what that was kids and stuff yeah yeah that was that was weird that, that struck me as like me and rn one of the i'm gonna always reference him um but we always think is this overthinking it like yeah. some you know like be I, I used to be a cook and one of the rules in cooking and in preparing dishes was always less is more you know, and, and people, sometimes one of their instinct is to go overboard when they're brand new to something or when they're, when they're not thinking correctly. And, and that's like overthinking it. And I felt like that was the case with them. Like you could have given that man his night, you know, you could, everybody would have been happy. You didn't need to get that little bit of heat on moose. Um, I felt like they overthought that. I agree with you. Like, I, I really do feel like Josh Alexander should have had a championship run instead of the 13 seconds he had with the belt. Mm -hmm. Has he been like a journeyman to this point? Like, like he's, he's not, he's never really held the title, right? That was, that was his first, first, that was his first one. And, and, um, you know, in the, in the storylines, they had made it a point that he had quit his full-time job to now be a full-time wrestler leading up to this championship match against Christian. 
Yeah, man. That's dude. Look at that. You had everything you needed for a per. Do you know how hard it is to build a legitimate baby face in 2022 with as cynical as wrestling fans can be? Oh, you know, terrible. yeah, yeah, like it is difficult. You have a man that that was perfect. The, the only other prime example of, of like that, 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 that hard times character, um, you know, uh, it would be um, Eddie Kingston. And look what it did for him. You know, yeah. look, look what that story that, that came out about him selling his wrestling boots to pay rent, you know did yeah. for him on on AEW people he became the biggest baby face whether or not he had like you know the cleanest look for it but still it, and and yeah people cheer when you when you do good things to them like i don't even i like like i said after after that night i lost i did lose interest like i probably would have impact probably would have kept my attention a little bit better if it hadn't been for that that shady finish they just threw at the end of what was if i remember correctly a phenomenal pay-per-view oh it was a great pay-per-view um that match i see your side of it and i i agree i i 100 think he should have had a longer run but i mean at least the night you could have you could have had him cash in the following day and you know send the fans home happy at least that night you know yeah i think what they did was um Leading up to it, they made it about Josh Alexander. Mm-hmm. But then that night, even though he won, it wasn't about him. They were making it about Moose finally getting that championship. And that's that's where I think the story takes a twist and you're either happy with it or you're you're not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can understand both sides. I understand your side. I thought what they did was actually pretty good storytelling because you had Matt Stryker and D'Lo they're both like legitimately crying for Josh Alexander, you know, being the family man, this and that. And Matt Stryker took it really hard because he just became a father. Yeah. But at that point, like, you know, his tears are really flowing and stuff like that. And then to see Josh Alexander's wife and his son get in the ring and then Moose just shows up and is like, no, I'm taking that. Yeah. Are you, are you a family man? Storytelling, but I really think they could have built up to it and made it a longer feud out of it than what we got. Mm-hmm. Are um, you a family man? You got kids? No, I got two cats. I'm not a family man. No, okay. I mean, no, I was just wondering. Oh no, I'm, I mean, I'm sitting in my house, which is a this is a bar. You know, I got yeah, it's know, actually a pretty awesome bar. Thank uh, you. This is actually my <laughs> dining room. I had a dining room table and everything, and I was like, you know, I'm the only one that sits here because I'm the only one that lives in this house. Okay, so you're a bachelor. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm a total bachelor, dude. It's got it's, you. All right, all right. No, or- I've. I was just, I was, I was wondering, cause I was going to see if those family moments get you, but if you're a bachelor, that's just probably just cheesy shit to you. Um, honestly, I thought it was like when he won and the family came in, I was like, yo, this is a real good feel good moment type deal. This mm-hmm. is a family atmosphere that they're giving. And then when the announcers were crying, I kind of laughed at first. Yeah. But then I was like, something's building here that I'm not seeing. And then when Moose came in, I was like, there it is. Um, I was I was gonna yeah because I was gonna try and see if like we connect on that because that that's a weird thing that happens when you become like a dad and stuff yeah is you'll find yourself easily like I mean of course if I'm not saying like I'm I'm like this like stand up like great father but like I want to be a good dad you yeah. know what I mean like I actively try to make good decisions on to benefit my children but with that being said it is kind of silly how easily you slip into living vicariously 
through those moments with other people. Like you see like a dad doing something heroic in front of his kids and you know, where I wouldn't have given a shit like seven years ago. Yeah. Now I'm like, Oh man, my kids would be so proud of me. And you, you find yourself like easily becoming a mush over crap. You wouldn't have given a damn about before yeah. those little bastards were born. Uh, <laughs> so like, I want to say that's a real thing, man. That's a no, real you're right. Thing. Cause like I don't have kids, but for me, um, I have a niece and nephew. My nephew's six. My niece is three. I'm her godfather. So like um, stuff like that, like that family stuff. Yeah, it does hit me a little different now. I'm yeah. not a father myself, but as an uncle, like I look at those family things and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, man. And that's no. where I was like, I was intrigued. But like when the crying started, I kind of laughed and I was like, all right. this is a you, little weird. Yeah, I would too, man. No, it, I would too. But, There's no um, shame in it. Um it's just a funny it's a weird thing like that like you can easily become a mush just because like a certain event happened in your life yeah now all of a sudden things that you wouldn't have looked twice at now all of a sudden hits you and you'll get caught off guard sometimes like yeah i can't tell you how many times i'll be watching some stupid sappy movie with my wife and um and i'll get like a little welled up and i was like oh shit i can't show her that i'm crying so i gotta do like this weird stretching action where like like, rub (laughs) my face with my shoulder you do one of these Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Oh man, um, super embarrassing. That <laughs> is what it is. I um, I feel that that sort of storyline, they could have gone with that ending on a different night, though. Like, have Josh Alexander beat someone who's like some sort of legend to Impact or something like that, and then you know, have the family come in. It's his first title defense everyone's happy and then there's moose they could have done they could have gone that way no one was really upset when zach Ryder lost like after zach Ryder won that intercontinental title in that ladder match at wrestlemania uh where his dad famously tried to put his hat on him and he was like no get that fucking thing off of my head um and um you know everybody was legitimately happy for him and then the next day on raw when i think the miz won it back Yep, less uh, than 24 hours. Yeah, no one really gave too big a damn. It was just like they were happy they got the moment for Ryder and cool. Yep. Let's get it, let's get it back on track here to what the story is. Um but I'll admit yeah, I was upset by it. You were? <laughs> I'm a huge Cardona fan. So like I like I him like, now. I couldn't stand he... it. I couldn't stand him in WWE, man. Oh, I loved it because like I I've lived on Long Island. So like, I, I know that whole character type deal like that there. Oh. And if it was like 2003 to 2008, you know, with the woo, 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 they were yeah. all, everyone on Long Island was, was Jim tan and laundry. It was ridiculous. I, right? I, yeah. I mean, he blew up during my dark period where I wasn't watching wrestling. Like yeah. there was like this gap in time. So when I came back, he was well, uh, embedded in the bottom mid card. Like I never got to see that rise in popularity online. Um, you know, I'd never saw that, that weird, like cuck angle with him and John Cena and Kane or whatever happened there. (laughs) Um, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't see any of that. Like when I came in, you know, he was, God, what was he doing? He did. I I think like, I don't, I don't really remember. I remember him doing that. And then wasn't he in like a tag team with like Mojo Raleigh? in uh the in nxt bros, the yeah. hype bros yep the hype bros yeah was that doing was double duty yeah that was like the majority of my like zach Ryder shit like he just stank of like lower mid-card wwe guy like like but you know have watch Nick him Gage, 
yeah, have Nick Gage like run a pizza cutter across his face and no, blow him up. Respect. He he got yeah he he got baptized yeah after he much. left. You know yeah. what I mean? And I mean he's doing awesome stuff. He's an Impact Media um, digital media champion. He's now the NWA World Heavyweight Champion of the ten pounds of gold, which he uh, paid tribute to Christian with his gear because. Uh, they both won it on the same date. Oh, okay. Um, That's pretty cool. Christian won it while in TNA. And then on the same day with that pay-per-view, uh, Matt Cardona defeated Trevor Murdoch to win it. It was the same day, just like 12, 13 years apart. It was really cool. I, uh, That's dope, man. Yeah, I thought it was neat, you know, that Zach, you know, Matt Cardona is always really good at like, with that special gear and everything like that and the tributes and stuff that he's do- does. Cause he's been doing it since the WWE days. And he's I'm a nerd at heart, man. That, like, the dude's that a really big. Gear. Yeah. He's a big nerd at heart, man. Like cares about that stuff. You know who I'd love to see do the Matt Cardona. Um, what, what would you call it? Like the, uh, the Matt Cardona run essentially. It's so stupid, but I'd love to see Nia Jax do it. I'd love to see her like end up in GCW in death matches with dudes like just going ham because like she strikes me as a woman who would uh, is like always it's going to be hard to, to to get the ww stink off if she was to ever wrestle anywhere else but i'd love to see her do that run um and uh i don't know i just think it'd be hilarious to watch her go through a glass table or something i think it would i i i agree i think that when you leave wwe the best thing that you can do is just completely reinvent yourself mm-hmm you know, now we're seeing a lot of stars do that. Uh, and another one is actually Killer Cross. Uh, we know he's going to be March 26th. He's going to be part of MLW. And we found out a while back, but we found out today that EC3, Adam Shear, formerly Braun Strowman, have created their own wrestling company. Yeah, who fucking saw that coming? Honestly, I th- when I... I met the both of them not too long ago, actually. And I, I spoke with their manager. I would have never have thought the control your narrative was going to become its own company. I thought it was just like, you know, when he kept saying it, you can control your own narrative. I thought he was going to do some sort of like just a special, like one-off event. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, like he has done in the past with this control, the narrative. But then when I saw that they're doing the first thing coming up soon. And then, uh, WrestleMania weekend, March 31st in Dallas, Texas, they're having the, like the first TV taping and that's where killer cross is going to debut on the 31st. No joke, man. So you got yeah. cross sure. Like formerly Braun Strowman and the, and then uh, EC three. Um, it's weird though, man. Like, I mean, go for it. Absolutely. Go for it. But like AEW, like, you know, like, cause that, that's obviously the, the point of reference. Everyone's going to compare a new upstart, like yeah, wrestling company started by wrestlers, you know? Yeah. AEW was a beautiful mix between capitalizing off of the most hyped indie pay-per-view ever with all in. Uh, and then you had the collective of the young bucks, uh, Cody Rhodes, what Adam page, um, all these, all these indie darlings that were like white hot. I mean, becoming 
millionaires off of merch sales. You know what I mean? Yeah. Popularity, like at its, its peak, you know, the timing was right. Um, I wonder how much buzz these guys can really make. I mean, Braun Strowman for one, let's, let's be honest with it. I, I don't even mean to call him Braun, uh, just Adam. Sure. Let's be honest. Like he hasn't done anything to garnish any like hype, like to get any like big following. I mean, I, I bet you he's got a more passionate following in like the world of bodybuilding than he probably does in professional wrestling. Yeah. Cause he did a uh, strongman competitions before. That, yeah. Or wrestling. Mean, yeah. You know, so, and then I, EC3, I, I feel like I just, I wish, I wish like, Cause I, I, I watched that like promo video when he left WWE and it was like, he it followed him from like a rooftop to like an underground fight club. And it was super fucking gritty and intense. And it was just, it was badass. I saved that shit on my phone for like two years. Um, but once again, like he never, like, I don't feel like he ever got that big moment to get like that mainstream appeal. It's just, it's weird that you got three guys that have like mild, like I want to say like mild excitement levels right now. And I don't know. It's, it's just a little odd to me. I mean, I wish the best. I know that they're not trying to come out like swinging like AEW did, but uh hope I, I hope for the best. You know what I mean? I was, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't know about how you felt, but I was, I was hundred percent convinced. I'm sure it was just going to go back to WWE. Like they were just going to resign him again within the next year or so. Well, you know, and it, it was interesting. Cause like when, he had made statements he would never wrestle anywhere but WWE. I was I was shocked, especially since he's you know a new guy. There's no real indie experience there or anything like that. I for sure when he said that he was just going to hold out for WWE. But then like uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle, we see him in EC3 there. That was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I was like I was hyped for that. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day he kind of made himself seem like he is just a sole WWE guy. And if it's not WWE, he doesn't want anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. So it seemed to me, it kind of seems like he's like, well, if I can't go back to WWE, why not just create my own thing and make myself over type deal. I I genuinely hope for the best. And I hope, I hope it's successful, but they're going to need, you know, like anything else, you need like a big name, a big draw. And having Adam Schur show up to face, uh, I don't want to use the term nobody, but turn like face somebody that doesn't already have like a huge following. Yeah. Isn't going to do, isn't going to do anyone no favors. You know what I mean? Picking local competitors isn't going to do much. Yeah. You Um, you gotta, you gotta have those names out there, you know, that are bigger or of equal name. mm -hmm, Exactly. Something that's going to shock the fans. Like, Oh, holy crap. We're going to see Adam Shearer take on. Let's say, let's say who, who's, uh, what's, uh, cage. Let's say Brian, Brian cage. cage. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's a good match. You yeah. know, that's a good Bul- match. Big bulky dudes. I, I totally agree to that. Like I, I would like that match, especially because Brian cage can wrestle like a heavyweight mm-hmm. and can move like a cruiserweight. Yeah, you you ha- like Cage can obviously handle the work rate side of things yeah. and bump you know, and like a madman for Adam Sure. Yeah. 
you know, so I, I would, I, that, that'd be a great first match to see like in that company. I feel like, yeah, especially because Brian Cage isn't doing really anything in AEW anyway. So I, know, I honestly be... forget if he's still signed or not, like at times, not yeah. going to lie. Cause yeah. he hasn't been on in months and it's just like, Oh, he's still there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Tony Khan kind of knows like who's going over like a wet fart. Um, <laughs> you know, no, I mean, at, they, I mean, they did, they did Brian cage wrong. You needed to let that man have a banger of a match, like less mic time, more in ring time. And they were doing the opposite. They, yeah. they were, yeah, they were doing the opposite. They were, He'd come out and cut a like, cut a promo on on um, Ricky Starks and get zero reaction. Yeah. Um, but you know, you see that man do like springboard moonsaults and shit, and crowd's gonna liven up. But um, but I think TK is doing like this weird, this weird, like how you break up with your bros kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Is you don't really call and say, "Hey, we can't hang out no more." It's just like. A phone call goes unanswered. Your text gets left on red for like three or four days. And yeah, they give you like two word replies like, oh, my bad. I missed it. Uh, you know, although I guess that's like a five word reply. But um, but, you know, it's never like, yeah, it, dude, I don't want you here no more. It's, it's more or less just like you kind of get the vibe, you know, like, OK. And I feel like TK is doing that. He doesn't he's it's, it seems like he's letting down these these wet farts like softly. He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 ghosting the wrestlers like i ghost women who don't like wrestling when they realize i take home six figures a year and i don't mean a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> i'm That's talking awesome. i take home six hasbros like a day <laughs> good lord oh man yeah so you know we're talking about all these former wwe guys and everything how do you feel about a couple of part-timers coming back. We saw Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, Dwayne here we go. The Rock Johnson cut a very WWE-like promo and then answered someone on Twitter saying that was just an Easter egg. Yeah, a little tease. He ain't doing shit. Oh, man. I, I mean, for one, I see the rumors about Stone Cold. Stone Cold ain't wrestling. Stone Cold, he ain't got no neck. He ain't got no back. He ain't got no knees. Booker T put it famously. People complimented Booker T's shape. You know, they were like, man, you look jacked. Look like you could wrestle. He's like, I look like this because I'm not training to wrestle. You know, yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing the training that I can handle. If I, if I was ready to wrestle, I wouldn't look like this because my body ain't going to handle that. Yeah. And that's stone cold, man. He ain't, I don't know, man. I do not see that man wrestling. Like he's, he's said it time and time again. And then not to mention take, he doesn't need the money. He is he has all the time in the world to watch these guys who don't who who do go long extended periods without being in the ring and see the turnout and you haven't had a single guy crush it. You know, he's had both Goldberg and Undertaker on his podcast and they both said it was the same thing. They're not training year round. You know yeah. what I mean? And every time that they do go through essentially like a training camp to get ready for a ring, it doesn't produce the results that they wanted. And yeah. Stone Cold is not a dumb man. He probably understands the same thing would happen to him. He I just I don't see him doing this match. Um, the Rock, however, 
Yeah, we'll probably get a match at some point with Roman. I'd hope so. I would I'd too. Like that. I'd like that. But it, but as far as Stone Cold goes, if you remember correctly, you remember the last time we saw him hit a Stone Cold stunner? It was with Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley with the New Day. Yeah, he hit Kofi. Uh, not yeah. Kofi, excuse me, Xavier. Xavier, Xavier Woods. Woods. Well, if I remember correctly, and I'm 100% positive I am, he tore his bicep doing that. He injured himself. Yeah. Delivering a single stunner. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so how is he going to wrestle? How are you going to give this man a, a five-minute, ten-minute match? It it wouldn't work right. It would. You'd have to do like, what was it like? Like what Bret Hart did, where you have other people come in and do the work for you, and then you just throw on the finisher, and that's it. Yeah, and like even what he then, did with McMahon. Exactly. You Stone, know. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say the other thing too was like. I, I really love Stone Cold's perspective because as much selfishly as much as I miss him, you know, in the ring and raising the crowd, I, mean, I also understand the man is is much closer to 60 now than he is 50, if I believe if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, and uh, on top of that, he's he I love what he said about how he doesn't want to do appearances that are meaningless anymore. He doesn't want to come out on a legends night just so they can wheel out their antique toys and, and blow off the dust. You know what I mean? He's he's said that at the very least, he wants it to mean something, whether that, you yeah. know, if, if it's going to lead towards like some type of angle to help benefit the other wrestler or something, it, it'd have to there'd have to be some level of story involved to bring him out, um, yeah. you know, granted. You know, being in Texas and a big enough paycheck that might that might still, you know, yeah, he's the and- tension there, but. You know, and we saw the teasing from Kevin Owens about it. But then Wrestling Inc. put out an article today that Stone Cold could face Goldberg at Mania, which shocked me. And I was just like, no, there's no way. Dude, the people get really crazy around this that, time of year. <laughs> that would be, that would just be an injure fest, in my opinion. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that that's asking for too many injuries. And... I, I don't think Goldberg and, and Stone Cold could do it. I almost feel like those older guys need to wrestle a younger guy in, in that sort of sort of thing. Who but, gets uh, over between Stone Cold and Goldberg? Like who does that who's that really benefiting? Well, I mean, uh, Goldberg keeps saying you're next, but he keeps losing. So it's obviously who yeah. he should he, his moniker should be who's next to beat me. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're not you're not lying, man. You know, like um, just, to me, it's that bad. Like he's been on like the last four matches and he's lost all of them. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, what what is his losing streak? So he lost he lost to uh, uh, Braun. That was the first one, right? Yep. Um, and then uh, what was his his Bobby Lashley beat him twice. Because he, he beat him once because Goldberg had the injury and then he hit yes. his kid. Yes. And then he yeah, yeah, and then he beat him again. Um and I don't I can't recall anything other than those three matches, to be honest. Well, I mean, I'll you know, Still. I guess I'm a little ahead of myself because we'll talk about the elimination chamber, but that'll be the fourth yeah. one, I guess. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And you know, since we brought it up, why don't we talk about it? Let's talk about the chamber, man. Yeah. You excited? Saturday at noon on Peacock TV. 
Elimination Chamber. We got some great matches coming up. When will this video go up? What was that? When will this video go up? Uh, the audio will go out tonight. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. So yeah, this can like this I, can this will be a pre- we don't have to sit here and pretend like oh man that that show was awesome. Yeah, no. I can't believe I can't believe no. Sting showed up or something. Yeah, no, no, this is this is I'm gonna keep all this in here because this is great banter. I think this is gonna go up tonight. Um, awesome, man. So the WWE we'll, we'll start right off the bat. The WWE Championship. We got Bobby Lashley, the champion, taking on Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Riddle, and AJ Styles. In the elimination chamber, Kyle, who do you think is going to win? Is Brock, man. Yeah. Any any seeds of like potential shock victories were really settled in the weeks leading into this. AJ Styles lost in a nothing match against Damian Priest for the title. That would have that would have added some intrigue had he gone yeah. in new U.S. champ. Riddle being 100% caught up with this Alpha Academy feud with Randy Orton, it's like you don't even realize he's in the chamber match. If you watch Raw, like there's almost no reference to it because he's caught up with these tag titles. So um, uh, let me see. Where, where, where is uh, – who else is in there? Who else? I'm sorry. Austin Theory, that was, that was originally Shane McMahon's slot, so we know he's not winning. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then like I said, you got you got Bobby and Seth. Um, Seth would be interesting, but you know, I just I just like I said, my my gut tells me is like, why the hell would you put Brock in there if he wasn't gonna win it? If they weren't gonna take that belt over to SmackDown on WrestleMania, and then you know make potentially Roman Reigns a double champ or or unify the belts. Um, so yeah, I got I got Brock winning it, and uh, it's gonna be a weird weird build for Raw's yeah. uh, main card going into Mania because I don't think they'll have a belt to fight over. Um, and that's just, that's going to be odd to me to see names like Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins and stuff going into Mania and there's no world title around. I got to agree. That, that's a, a very strange thing to have happen because we've been so used to the two different championships now. And um, I got something I'm going to add, but I'm going to do it after this match. I agree. Brock Lesnar. Um, you know, when they did the Royal Rumble the way that they did and, and he lost right away, I was like, we can turn this off. I know who wins the Rumble now. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things. Yeah. Uh, the next match is the Universal Championship, Roman Reigns and Goldberg. <laughs> next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fucking Goldberg cashing in his check at Saudi Arabia. If this ain't the most transparent, like Goldberg gets so many matches a year, he's gonna make them the most profitable. Where's yeah. the most profitable match to have? Put it in Saudi Arabia. It, you yep. know what I mean? You go out there, you work for five minutes, um, and uh, and you you count the lights, um, and uh, yeah, and then and then on your way home, you can count the fucking all the dollars, all of the dollars that he's going to make. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Roman, I really do hope Roman reigns like squashes Goldberg. Like I know he's going to win. I want him to just decimate him. I want, I want, but Goldberg has really been vocal about how he, he is protective of his image and wants kids to look up to him and shit. I'm like, Goldberg, dude, kids don't know who the fuck you are anymore, man. 
Yeah. Like, you know, all those kids are in their thirties and they're tired of you, bro. Um, <laughs> and it's all like, those middle-aged guys. Yes. But uh, yeah, I, I'm more intrigued as to see if, 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 if Roman can make do with what he said in Goldberg, Goldberg, like that's, that's, yeah, that's the story for me is, can we see Goldberg get squashed? Like he squashed Brock back in 2016, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Hey, I, I'd almost like to see Roman hit a jackhammer if possible. Oh, definitely possible. Why not embarrass him enough with his own finishing move? Oh, um, I'm going to say Roman too. And, and this is solely for the fact that when Brock Lesnar was on TV and said, Oh, I'm not going for you, Roman. I want title for title at mania. Mm-hmm. That told me what we're getting right, right off the bat, because Brock Lesnar doesn't. Going back to what we said beforehand. Yeah. You don't like to plant seeds like that. If it's not going to play out the way that they're saying it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and they planted the seed on that one and they were watering it in the ring at the same time. Like, <laughs> they weren't messing around with that. Yeah. They like, that plant was already sprouting as he was talking, dude, you know, like oh, just yeah. wild, wild. It was, it was like they, they were really just reading off the, the match card of WrestleMania that night. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, we know what's happening at Mania already. We don't need the elimination chamber matches. Give it to them. <laughs> oh, gosh. Next, we have the Raw Women's Championship. We have Becky Lynch taking on WWE Hall of Famer Lita. All right, so here's a hot take. Lita couldn't wrestle when she was in her prime. Like, <laughs> this is going to be, oh my God, this is going to be a disaster, man. I, I, for one, A, uh, uh, like fucking Lita was like what helped me as a kid discover what a fucking erection was. I'm not going to lie. Like, I love Lita. There's a special place for Lita in my heart and in my memories that I'll always have. All right. And but, <laughs> and elsewhere. <laughs> but, God damn it, dude, I'm going to get canceled. Um, but, uh being 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 serious with this is like for one you know like i'm trying to think of like who's a legend that has come back for a temporary run and then they in wwe invested more in their character than just you're a legend popping up trish stratus trish charlotte well no like i guess so like I mean, that's like the closest thing I can think of right now. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, maybe for- I would say I would say Edge when we didn't realize like what type of right he was, we were doing. Oh, Edge I thought was, we were just going with women. No, just legends in general. Oh yeah, Edge hardcore. Yeah, Lita. They really feel like like the writing that they gave her and everything is just you're a legend. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. it. Like you're a legend. You're you're here to wrestle and prove. It's the same thing we've read over and over. So, like, they haven't given her much, like, character work. And then not to mention, like, I mean, she's going to, like, I hate to say it, but she's going to be, this is going to be, like, the stinker of the whole show. Like, I really think so. As much as I love Lita. Now, granted, I bet Becky can help carry her through a good match. But, like, man, I don't know. Like, Lita, Lita's always had this weird, janky, like, semi-coordinated, semi-uncoordinated style. Which granted, you know, will always have that that first raw main event where she scorpioned herself diving through the ropes and about broke her back and neck again. Folded the wrong way like an accordion. Yeah. Um, 
nowadays Sasha Banks takes that mantle a little bit, but uh, because Sasha Banks bumps like a mad woman. Um, but I don't know, man. Like it's it's for one, the prediction is it's Becky. But I think yeah. the real question is, is this match actually going to be good or is this going to expose and tarnish? Will this be the next like tarnishing of a legend's um, legacy? How yeah. Goldberg, how Goldberg got tarnished with that ma- and, and Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. Are we going to see that again with Lita in Saudi Arabia? Are we going to see her and be like, OK, there's a reason why we shouldn't roll these people out 20 years after they left the fucking company? You know, I'm hoping that that's not the case. I'm hoping she can still go in the ring. I've seen images of her training and stuff. So, I mean, she's taking it seriously, which is good. Yeah. I'm, I'm just really hoping that Becky can carry her or maybe we're going to see the complete opposite and she can still go where maybe WWE says, Hey, do you want to keep this going? I think I think the match for I think they have a plan for her and Charlotte at Mania. I I've think, been thinking the same. I've yeah, but like I saw the poster for Backlash WrestleMania or mm-hmm. WrestleMania Backlash, whatever they call it now, because they added WrestleMania into the damn thing for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, the the poster has Sasha Banks and Charlotte on it. It has Roman and Brock, and it has Becky and I believe Bianca. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm hoping that it something happens with Lita and Charlotte. Because I found it very weird that they had that whole spot uh, on SmackDown and then in the Royal Rumble. And now Lita's going for the Raw Women's Championship. It was kind of like, I don't know if they were like, we'll come back to this or we're just scrapping it all together. But to me, it was just it was really weird that they did that. Yeah, no, the, the whole women's title scene with Ronda Rousey being back has been kind of weird in general. Yeah, like it, like it threw off the whole storyline type deal for whatever yeah. reason. Like, because I said this, I said... <sighs> Sorry, I got to yell at my kids. I, at least I'm muted. Um, <laughs> if you guys are listening to the audio version, the reason why if you might hear a click or something, it's me muting my mic so I can yell at my kids to stay playing in their room. Um, no, when, when, cause before, before Rhonda came back, there was a pretty cool narrative that Bianca Belair would probably take on Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. And you could play into that whole SummerSlam squash match angle, yeah. you know, and then Ronda comes back and you're like, well, at least we'll get the rematch between Ronda and Becky and we'll capitalize on all that bad blood that they had. And then you can call back to like how Ronda's like shoulders weren't on the mat. And at least we got a story here that's beyond just, hey, I'm back. I want a title. Yeah. You know, her calling out Charlotte and then for Mania is just is is weird to me yeah and i mean if she does go for charlotte maybe we'll still get bianca and becky but it is right now right now the women's just title scene just feels feels weird because it feels like we had some stories started but they've stopped and it almost like possibly they're writing them on the fly which is you know let's be honest wouldn't be beyond the wwe creative so yeah no you're 100 right and i man 
So you got you got you got the head spinning now. I would like for them to pick up where the storylines left off and we just and they're not scrap type deal because like I said earlier, I'm a little upset with the whole Brandy Dan Lambert. Like we're not getting a finish to that. Like mm-hmm. I want to know what the outcome was. If that's the case and we don't get Lita in some sort of feud with Charlotte, I'm gonna I want to know then what was the point of doing that. Yeah, what was the point of Lita calling her out, delivering the twist of fate, all yeah. of that stuff? Like at that point, there was no point at all if you're not going to, you know, come back to that at some point. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, I mean, we just, you know, I mean, let's yeah. what, the, what they always tell us: we're not the boogers. Let it, let it play out. We'll see yeah. what's what's happening. We should, but I mean, by by this time Monday night, we should probably have a pretty clear picture. Of what's going to happen. Of what's going to happen. Because we'll have we'll have the chamber match behind us, and then we'll have Raw setting us up. Because you you best be setting some stuff up come yeah. Raw on Monday. 100%. Um, yeah. It's, it's weird, man. They used to start booking out. Like, you know, stories usually started around Survivor Series um, back in the day. And now it's like you literally – WrestleMania – Oftentimes, you know, with the exception of some matches, but oftentimes a lot of these stories are just like any other pay-per-view. They're built in like a month's time. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't want that. You know, I want WrestleMania to be prestigious, to have the blow-offs, the big story angles. Um, so I'm not trying to be pessimistic yet, and I'm, but I'm, I'm, they need to get a start on it. Like they need to get a start on some of these damn stories. No, I agree. Cause like the one thing I hate is like when they rush it, mm-hmm. like, it's the road to WrestleMania. You shouldn't be rushing anything like this stuff in my eyes should have already, you should have everything, you know, set in stone what you want. And then a plan B and a plan C if certain things can't happen. Right. You know, cause like it's it, like I said, WrestleMania season, the road to WrestleMania things should not be written on the fly at that point. Yeah, you know? no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, look at, now, granted, they can come through, but oftentimes you need you need help from the fans. The last time I saw like a rush story succeed, and that was Kofi Mania, because you had the gauntlet match, which was qualifying for the elimination chamber. I want to say it was. Yeah. Yeah. Or would no Kofi? Yeah. Was Kofi in the chamber that year? I can't remember because I know he picked up steam in the gauntlet match. Yeah, and he was in the chamber. He, he was, did yeah. get in. The, he did get in the chamber. And then you had a month of Vince McMahon trying to, you know, blackball him, essentially just trying to prevent him before yeah. they got him in. And, and they made it work. But I mean, the crowd, the fans had to like twist WWE's arm to get that story. Yeah. You know, what are we what are we going off on right now this year? Like, what is that big angle that us as fans? Where's the fan, the, the fan story, you know, because. Everything right now, like I, I said it on the other night, everything feels like a safe bet. They're yeah. playing it super safe. Who's our big draws? Brock yeah. Lesnar, Goldberg, Roman Reigns, Ronda Rousey. Boom. There's our big matches right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's like where, you know, you got you gotta have you gotta have some fan pleasing stuff. And you know, we'll probably get it. We, like I said, we just gotta see. I'm wondering, I just want to see what it is. Yeah, I'm curious too. And We'll find out eventually, I think. Yeah. You know, um, our next match, 
the women's elimination chamber, Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop versus Nikki A.S.H. And we found out Monday that the last participant would be Alexa Bliss. Yeah. <laughs> it's Alexa. I know who I want to win, and I have a hunch of who's going to win. Who do you want to win? Two people for me. I want either Alexa or Rhea. Okay. Realistically, I think WWE is going to go with the Bianca Becky rematch, essentially at Mania type deal. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, they did a good job with uh, with Rhea Ripley in that Gauntlet match on Monday. Oh, dude, she killed it. She was in the ring for like forty plus minutes. Like, if if we've learned anything, like your your baby face heat can be saved by a good gauntlet match yeah um i won't be offended if you haven't seen them but have you have you seen my 10 second uh show reviews i'm putting out i've been watching those and they're hilarious i appreciate that they're great dude they're great yeah so that was my whole joke about on for raw was like that was the joke was like, I love how gauntlet matches can set up these tight, like set up like a big match, like that vacant slot in elimination chamber. And it was like, Oh wait, never mind. It was just Alexa bliss finishing therapy. That's how she got in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, damn. You, you actually, you, you're making me change my pick. Cause I thought I was convinced <laughs> actually it was going to be bliss. Um, coming back and doing it, but you're right. I mean, I guess yeah. Bianca would be the one that makes sense. Yeah. Cause like, the thing, the thing that I love about the 10 second review that you do and fans, you have to go, li- you have to go watch these, listen to them. YouTube.com slash smack raw podcast. They're awesome. Yeah. Because when, when you first announced that the first thing, when I, when I, when I watched the first one, I thought to myself, how do you review a show in 10 seconds? And then I watched it when I was laughing the whole time, but I was like, <laughs> this is great. This is like, this is amazing. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to watch these three hour shows anymore. I'm going to come watch the 10 second review. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all about it. I like, like I said, when I first heard about it in our group chat and everything, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go over. And I watched it. I was like, all right, I can see <laughs> how that, how that works. And I like, I laughed and I laughed. I've I've watched them a couple of times now at this point, like the first one, because it's it's a stupid, just, it's a gotta, simple, it's a simple formula. Yeah. It's a simple joke formula. Yeah, but it, it serves its purpose. Yes, and it's perfect. <laughs> Fans, if you don't want to watch three hours of raw, just watch my 10 second review on 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 YouTube, man. YouTube.com slash backdrop podcast. It's awesome. Or you can follow me on Twitter at the Kai Tai show where I, uh, I'll put it on my Twitter feed as well. And then I'll still ask that you kindly hit the YouTube link and maybe like the video, you know, to help, help the YouTube traffic go. But if you ever want to bypass YouTube for whatever reason, you can follow me on Twitter and catch them uh, as well. I would tell you to go support him and go like comment, hit the ring bell and subscribe. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So yeah, who, who, gonna, who, who's your pick? I think you, I think you convinced me for Bianca. Okay. Cause it's going off exactly what I was just talking about a couple yes. minutes ago, where it makes sense for Bianca to face Becky at WrestleMania. Like that yeah. match 
makes sense if it's not Ronda. So yeah, I guess I guess Bianca, and then I just wonder what they're gonna do with Bliss, man. Did, that, did that's you see the part that? I'm confused about. Did you see the joke about how they said because at the end of the therapy session? they stuffed like Lily's original stuffing in this new replica doll. Yeah. And so the joke was that they wanted the old bliss character back, but they still have a bunch of inventory of these, like of these uh, Lily dolls in the (laughs) warehouse. And so the therapist is like, essentially Alexa bliss is back to like semi normal, but she has to keep this doll on her to to keep her sane because they got to sell them, man. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, Genius. It's a win win. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's good for them to get rid of those things. I mean, at, at that point, it's going to be like a release superstar. Everything's going to be 90% off for that that Lily yeah. doll at that point. That old curmudgeon white guy attitude in me when I saw those things. Like, no one's ever going to buy those. And then, like, oh. they fucking proved me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and they're everywhere. I saw that thing. My buddy's like 31. He bought one. And I looked at it. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I was just looking to see if you put a hole in it yet. Ah, <laughs> he's like a huge alexa bliss and fiend fan so i was like i had to throw a, a, a dark oh, joke man. in on him oh yeah <laughs> he wasn't too appreciative of it though yeah, sorry tim <laughs> anyway uh our next match is ronda rousey and naomi taking on charlotte flair and sonya deville this literally just developed on SmackDown last Friday. I missed this shit because I Bama hit me up. It was like, hey, where's your predictions? And when this match came across on the predictions, I was like, when the hell did this happen? Like, I didn't even, yeah. I must have missed that when I was watching SmackDown. Yeah. So uh, Naomi got her title match against Charlotte Flair. She loses. Sonya Deville was ringside. And then after the match, Sonya and Charlotte attacked Naomi, which brought Ronda. And Ronda came out. I just didn't realize they booked a tag match from it. That's cool, man. Um, I found it interesting. Uh, My pick is going to be Ronda and Naomi. Yeah. And and this kind of like throws off like what we had talked about with, you know, with Charlotte and Lita and all that stuff. This is where I see a feud with Charlotte and Naomi at Mania type deal. Or not Naomi, Ronda Rousey, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah, because you're gonna keep those two apart as much as you can in the match. Yeah. You're gonna let you're gonna let Rhonda mix it up with with Sonya and have that MMA and, and Sonya's MMA style clash. Yeah. And then, you know, and then Bianca and, and Charlotte will, you know, will match up because they're gonna keep the real feuds away. They're, you know, they're gonna keep Bianca and Sonya, they're gonna tease that in the same with Rhonda and Charlotte. Um I think I do I I'll say this. I think I think Naomi's going to eat that pin um, because they'll probably want to preserve, although she already has a victory over Sonya, they'll probably run it back one more time at Mania. Maybe. <laughs> but no, I like your take on that. Because, like, to me, it was weird how she beat her on, like, an episode of SmackDown. Yeah. And I was, you know, leading into the rumble and I was like, oh, thank God we can be done with this. But then when the rumble happened and Sonya attacked, uh, God save me here. What was, what was Naomi's old tag team partner's name? Um, Cameron. Cameron. And then she, she also uh, eliminated Naomi. I think after she was already out of the match or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
I was like, yeah, we're going to get this. This feud's going to go again. So the the only logical thing to make make it make sense is a singles blow off at WrestleMania off, on their fucking kickoff show, probably. Yeah. But Naomi will probably get her big win there. And, and maybe this feud can be finally over. You want to hear a really fun fact about this feud? Absolutely. They just had their first match. Yeah. Going into their first real official match, going into uh, – SmackDown right before the Rumble. That feud started like the week before or the week after CM Punk debuted. That's how long this has been going on. And it just has got to like the second phase of this feud. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that's how long it had been going on for. It started, it started literally within about a week's time of CM Punk's debut is when this feud originally started. That's how long they've drawn out this, this crap. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I mean, I think the chemistry is great, but it's like, fuck, man, you got to progress the story. Like, yeah, there's got to be a match at some point type deal before you know. But like, they 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 rode the they rode the the train on this one. Damn, man, and we complain you know? about long term booking, but here it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I feel like nowadays because like all these different pay per views, the feuds don't last as long. So like when we get these longer feuds. I feel like people tend to get a little frustrated with it that they go that long, but like, I didn't realize that this is one that had gone that long, to be honest with you. It was, it was just weird how they did it. Instead of like trading off wins, it was just Naomi gets screwed over. Naomi gets screwed over. Oh, here's a glimmer of hope. Naomi gets screwed over. Like you got to give her like some semblance of comeuppance and then you like have the, the heel obviously like double down and do something extra dastardly the next time. Yeah, but in this case, it was just keep pushing Naomi down for God, like eight months in a row, before she finally got some level of comeuppance um, on Sonya Deville. Yeah. So we're at, we're we're you you've got Charlotte and Sonya. I, I went with Ronda and Naomi, kind of like that feel good win type deal after the attack. Uh, that'll be one that we have to, you know, see what happens and see how the storyline plays out for, for all four of them at mania. Yeah. All right. We've got the SmackDown tag team championship, the Usos and the Viking Raiders. This is another one that just pretty much out of nowhere from a a tag team gauntlet match. Yeah. You know, um, I don't see the Viking Raiders pulling this off. I haven't like really been following the the SmackDown tag team division too much. I I seem to think that as long as the Usos and Roman are together with their bloodline, as long as Roman's winning, I don't see the Usos losing. No, you're you're absolutely right. The the only way the Usos are gonna lose is if it somehow ties into a story involving Roman. Yeah. You know, it's not they're not just gonna randomly lose the belts. You know, it's going to be like Roman's going to be in a feud and that person's going to like to get to Roman help cost the Usos a loss, you know, because the, you know, Roman's all protective about the family image and stuff. So if you can start tearing down the family around him, you'll be even more vulnerable. So you're absolutely right. This is this is a nothing match. This is purely for the fans and probably just because you have to get, you know, tick that tag team championship match on on a card. But yeah, it's it's definitely the Usos. You could bet your house on this one. 
Yeah. And, and I hate to put it like this because you, you said a nothing match. This next match to me is kind of a nothing match because it's the second straight pay-per-view where we're getting this. this is the Drew in in uh in uh yeah. is this the Drew McIntyre match? Drew versus Madcap Moss in a Mad false Cap count anywhere Moss. match. <laughs> this one Moss. might go to Madcap though. See, this one could because a false count anywhere also means it's pretty no much no DQ. disqualification. Yeah, which, there's no DQ. Which would mean we would see Happy Corbin involved. Yeah, and that would build because we're it it's probably a safe bet we're getting Drew and Corbin at Mania. Yeah. You that's that's obviously that's I mean everything that they've been doing recently, that's where we're heading. So, you know, if you want more heat on that feud, you have the heel cost him the win right yeah. before the big one. So Madcap has a good shot at winning this, man. This could be the the, the sleeper one. And, and now that you said that, I had Drew in my head, but after I you had said that, and then I, I had said what I said with the you know, happy Corbin can be involved because there's it's a it's a false count anywhere is essentially yep. just a no disqualification. Madcap can pull it out, I feel like. And because of everything we just talked about, I'm gonna say Madcap Moss wins. There you go. I'm gonna agree with you on that, man. Hey, to me, to me, that's what that what's that's what builds the bigger blow off. Yeah. Um at Mania. Uh, a couple of things here. For one, don't count Drew out. Uh, as far as having a good match in a yeah. false count anywhere. Um, one of the best matches of the uh, Thunderdome era was him in, in Sheamus in yeah. there. It was like a no DQ or false count anywhere where, I mean, I think that was the first time the LEDs were brought into play and like, and Drew got tossed through the LEDs or Sheamus did one or the other. I, I remember. Yeah. Um, it was a fantastic match. Uh, that was, that was also peak Sheamus. There's a there's an awesome clip actually if you look for it. Uh, Sheamus was being interviewed um, behind the scenes, not like like story interview. This is like you know WWE documentary. Yeah, and he was talking about like like what the match he just had. Like he's like that's the true main event. Like that was that's the true WrestleMania main event right there. Like, um, and it was it was really endearing because Sheamus busted his ass in 2020, um, and put on like some of the best matches. It was like a four-star match every week out of Sheamus. It was it was wonderful. Um, so yeah, I would say I'd say there's a good chance. I mean, that it'll be a fun match, man. Uh, they have a hard style. Yeah, we're on our last match, Kyle. Yes, sir. It, I, I'm assuming this is going to be the opener. I went I went opposite. I basically went main event down. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this should be the opening match. Rey Mysterio versus The Miz. Yeah, weird, weird match, right? Just out of nowhere, like doesn't make sense to me type deal. Yeah, man. Um, for one, I never count out the GOAT, which is The Miz. Yeah. Um, the Miz is the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. I don't, you, you can, uh, that's a hill I'm going to die on. Uh, it's an odd hill to die on, but I'm going to anyways. Um, I think I think the Miz wins this one to help build that feud again with Dominic because he he traded off wins with Dominic, which by the way that's a huge win for Dominic. hundred percent um, to beat a former world champion. Yeah, to beat the Miz, that's that's probably yeah. Dominic's biggest victory in his career, bigger than his tag team title win with with uh, Ray. But yeah, I mean, 
It's gonna be it's gonna be like yeah, there's low stakes here. Very, very low stakes here, but I got I'm going with the Miz. So part of me wants to go with the Miz to set up for the, the feud with Dominic. But you know, there's been a lot of uh WWE 2K talk. Rey Mysterio is on the cover. That's true. You know oh, yeah. how and that game is coming out. This this is that game is coming out like soon couple weeks mm-hmm. type deal, you know, three, three, four weeks. Um, I feel like, you know, because of that, they want to have some steam for Ray Mysterio, mm-hmm. but realistically, I don't know any plans for him for WrestleMania or anything like that. So I'm going to go with my fellow MTV alumni, the Miz. Awesome. So, I mean, I just that factor does play in though with me that like makes me think maybe Ray could win this match because you know they do need to promote WWE 2K22. He is on the cover and he's got like six different attires in the game alone. Right. But like, and also if it is the kickoff match, if it is the first match of the night, you usually want the crowd hyped and happy. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't really want to start the night, the night off pissing people off. Yeah, you know, so you, you do know. have that factor. Ray Ray has a really good chance of winning this. So so there, yeah, so there, there's a good chance, but there, there's something that tells me to pick the Miz. I'm just I'm gonna go with the Miz on yeah. this. Like that's too. The Miz is just coming off of a major loss with Maurice with mm-hmm. Edge against Edge and uh, Beth Phoenix. And I know that he's a heel, but I feel like this is a match where like he kind of needs the win almost. Yeah. You know, and especially like a no stakes match like this. But then again, this is a match that I feel like you could flip a coin on. You just don't know. And that's kind of how I feel with it. But because it's such a, a low stake match in my eyes that they could literally pick either one and they'll be okay with it. I feel like. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. You could, you could go with either or and there's a good reason for it. I, I completely agree. Yeah. So you know, what I was going to do is I was going to offer you a little insight on why I called him Miz the goat. Um, okay. Do you know his insane um, intercontinental title stat? Like how close he is to creating like some of the biggest history in WWE. I know that he's the first two-time Grand Slam champion. That's big. (sighs) That's big. I don't know the stats for the Intercontinental Champion. I know he's close to having the most reigns. Yeah, so he's close to the most reigns, which I believe belongs to Jericho at nine, right? And the Miz is at eight. So he's one away from tying Jericho. But yep. in my opinion, the bigger stat is he is literally um, he is literally 25 days away uh, from holding from tying holding that belt more accumulative days than anybody in history in WWE. Oh wow. In, in first place is Pedro Morales with 617 days. In second place, and Pedro did that over two reigns. Let's let's that's that's incredible. 
but that was also back in the day when you know Bruno San Martino would hold the belt for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the Miz uh, over his eight reigns, remember Pedro was at 617. The Miz over his eight reigns has held it combined for uh, 592 days. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And um, that's, and that's what's recognized by WWE. Um, I, I guess, I guess the stat is actually 597, but we're going by what's recognized by WWE. Yeah. Okay. So he's literally one reign away um, from holding that title longer than anybody else. And I think they realized this during his last IC title reign. Yeah. And that's why the Miz and that intercontinental championship belt have been on opposite shows for years now is I believe they have that in their back pocket for like his swan song. RN wants him to go out on another world title win. I say, no, I say that man calls his career on his last IC title run. Um, he, he ties Jericho and then we'll hold that belt. And then, like I said, it's, it's not even close after that. Nobody's close to beating him because that's actively signed because to go to the next person that is actively signed, you have to go from second place with the Miz all the way down to Shinsuke Nakamura. The Miz has it for right now for 592 days. Nakamura has it for 390. Oh. When, yeah, when Miz, when Miz gets this title reign, it, nobody's beating that for decades. Um I think that's really cool, man. I, I admire that about the Miz. I, I, I'm glad that like he'll have like etched himself in in a couple parts of WWE history, given like his path was so controversial into the wrestling world. It's awesome that he's gonna carve out his own legacy that um is gonna be extremely revered. I believe. I think it'll be so well revered when he calls it a day. I'm a huge fan of the Miz. Also, by the way, um, I don't drink anymore, but. When I was drinking, a huge guilty pleasure, The Miz and Misses. I fucking love that show. I'd have I'd have a couple glasses of wine with my wife, and yeah. god damn it, it's the funniest damn show to me. It's like uh, watching Total Divas because I used to do that. I'm I used to do the you. same thing like that. Yeah. I, um, I like, well, like I said, I'm a dad. So all that corny yeah. dad humor and stuff, and like the corny parent humors that they have because they're new parents, and my wife and I are fairly young parents. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, God, I love that show. I, I'm a big fan of The Miz. Uh, for the for the purposes of like I said, we're both MTV alumni. You he, were on MTV. That wasn't a lie. That wasn't no, a joke. That's not, that's not a lie. I did. What were you MT- on? I did MTV True Life. True Life. Yeah. Uh, Word. Two thousand twelve. The episode was called "I Work for My Parents." But the interesting thing was, if they would have like looked at like our LLC and our DBAs, they would have seen I'm part owner. No joke. That's yeah. pretty cool, man. Yeah. So um I, I joke about that all the time. And you know, because we're MTV alumni. And I when I interviewed Tony Atlas, I joked about that too, because he was on MTV True Life also. Yeah, I remember that. As a wrestling promoter, and I was like, Hey, we got something in common aside from pro wrestling. I go, We're both on MTV True Life. And of course, you know, Tony Ellis ah, 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 with that laugh, Yeah, um, <laughs> he started doing that. And he goes, you know, that wasn't even supposed to be about me. It was supposed to be about this and that. But he goes, you got to see the promoting side of how I worked. And I was just like, you hid money from yourself and couldn't, couldn't find it, <laughs> you know, but like, it was really cool, you know, to, to see that. And then, 
you know, like I remember watching the Miz. I mean, this is like, as it was happening on the real world, New York. And he would drink and then talk about this alter ego that he had that loved pro wrestling. That was known as the Miz. Yeah. So like to watch all that. And then like you said, the controversy of like his professional wrestling career, getting into it. Um, you know, obviously the notoriety of who he was from MTV was a big deal at the time to go through the tough enough ordeal. And, and again, he was another one of those, like a Braun Strowman, Adam Sheard. Didn't yeah. really go through the indies, Mm-mm. you know, no, man. like and back then that's a big deal. You know, back then that was a big deal for like wrestlers. Like, you know, you're not coming through the, the, the system properly, this and that. No, um, man, he was tough enough. Yeah. He was one of the most hated pathways into professional wrestling was that stupid reality show. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, yeah. Talk about, talk about like somebody carving their own path. Like I said, I, 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 I admire the Miz. I think he has a fantastic story and he's going to be one of those people that like, like most artists, you know, they're not really well appreciated until they're gone. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, like when he's dead, just probably after he retires and, you know, and then everybody was like, no, I was a huge Miz fan. Um, yeah, no, it's it's that's fantastic, man. I love that. I love that shit. I had no idea you were on True Life, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm I don't pick I don't your really, brain someday about that shit. I really don't talk about it much. I've done movies and stuff too. I got a scene with Adrian Brody actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I um. Is his nose as big in real life as it is on screen? Yeah. <laughs> um, the movie never came out though because the production company is still in the middle of getting sued, but. Yeah, I will talk about it sometime. I, uh, I I've done movies. Um, you know, it's all like that was the biggest thing with with Adrian Brody. That was the biggest scene I had. He actually killed me. Fantastic. Which, yeah, which was oh, interesting. that's awesome. Um, my mom was a huge fan of his, and like when you know, part of SAG, the Actors Union, and stuff. Like when we sign sign our contracts. Wait, um, were you on the whole like? like that parody YouTube series where they recreate like uh, movies for $20. No, 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 that wasn't you. Okay. No, There's another no, podcaster no. out that had a clip on that. That may, um, that may actually be Kyle from apron. Bump. I might I'm, be I'm, I'm, I'm in sag and everything. I, um, this movie, the movies I've done and everything, the, the biggest one would have been that one, but I have a movie out on uh, Amazon right now. Mm-hmm. What the hell was it called? Odd Man Rush. It's a hockey book about a kid who like comes up kind of like from nothing and ends up playing for Harvard. No joke. I'm, yeah, what's, I'm your, what's your role? I'm one of the hockey players. Um, I can't skate though. So like I never left the bench. As the camera goes by, like for the, like the, like on the line sitting there on the bench, like you'll get like a, a brief like thing of my face, but like there's no big beard at the time or like the long hair. So like you yeah. gotta really like pay attention for me so, in that. So you look more the part now then probably. Yeah, yeah, definitely now. And then um I also was like in the audience. I was just like really an extra. Um because mm-hmm. once they found out I couldn't skate, they're like, Yeah, you're not going on the ice. Yeah, well, you're um, a liability at this point. Yeah, the kid from um oh what's that movie? Uh the TV show there on Hulu. Um letter kenny okay the blonde hockey player there probably i've i've seen just like the viral youtube clips of letter kenny i've never actually watched it yeah he's in the movie i got to like 
chill with him a little bit and stuff. And it was really weird because they had like a lot of NHL, like hockey players want to try out for the movie and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we can't afford you. We're going to take the kid who can't skate instead. That's and that's what they did. And that's I was like, so good. Like I didn't have any hockey equipment. Like my buddies that were in the movie were like, yo, we got extra equipment. So I rolled up with their equipment. I mean, shoulder pads too big, the thigh pads too small, you know, all that stuff. I was like, damn, I can't do this. And then they looked at it, they're like, can you skate? I literally walked out on the ice with shoes. I was like, no. no. I, put my, I put the skates on at the bench. And then they were just like, all right, you're just going to sit there and not do Don't it. Don't you live up north, though? Aren't you in, like, the New York area? Or where are you at? I, I am upstate New York, right on Lake Ontario, across from you, us is Ontario, How do you Canada. live in New York and you never learn how to skate, man? I was an amateur wrestler instead. Still, you'd think you'd hit the ice rink like one little while i'm from maine i learned how to ice skate in like girls ice skates in like uh back when i was like goddamn like six man yeah like my, my parents tried from like three to five to get me in hockey yeah and it just it didn't like i, just, I was like no i don't want to do this you never went to like no roller rinks anything like that i've been to roller rinks and stuff like that but uh, as far as like skating on ice like if i tried to do it now there's not a shot in hell i could do it it's not much different than roller skating or rollerblading. They're pretty similar. I, I, I believe it. I just, yeah, I was just like, yo, I can't skate. I can't do this. Like I told no, him, I like, got I, you. No, I, I got you. Absolutely. I mean, dude, if you can't, if I mean, I could have really, tried to fake it, but I would have fallen a bunch of times until like I had it figured out. And then they were, then they would have been like, all right. Yeah. You really can't skate it off the ice. Yeah. I wanted the payday. So like, you know, you played a smart man. You played a smart. No, like, absolutely. Yeah, I was like, yo, I like, I want this payday. Like, no, I'll, I'll sit on the bench. I don't care. And then they were like, okay, so, so basically, since we're using you as an extra, we're going to use you in the stands too. And I was like, okay, I, I really don't care. Just use me, pay me. That's all I want. Hell yeah. You know, so extra was, pay you cool. like what, 80 bucks a day or something? Um, no. The through SAG, if the actors, you, if you're not, in the actors union and you're an extra you get 180 a day okay that's if you're not in bad. sag and you're an extra you get 360 a day damn that's not bad also you got 360 a day yeah just chilling because i'm in sag so like i i pay i pay for the union so like you know those fees are like three thousand dollars up front no shit okay yeah. But like I've got like a casting agent and stuff like that that like sends me all these emails and everything for roles and this and that some of them I can't play because like I don't fit the description at all. But right, right, um, right. And especially like up here right now with movies, it's been kind of slow. So like I haven't done much, but it, they've been good paydays to be honest with you. Because like my regular job, I ain't making three sixty a day. So yeah, I'm gonna bring you on the rewind sometime. I'll pick your brain over this. This is fun, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I absolutely would. Uh, it's like it's one of those things a lot of people don't know about me mm-hmm. until I say it and tell them, and then they're like oh, why didn't you tell us this? And I was like, because once you found out I was a dirt sheet writer, that's all you cared about. So I just rolled with it. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know? Like that's like once people heard, like like the wrestling podcast, once they heard that like, oh, you worked for Ringside News, you worked for Sports Kita, you were a dirt sheet writer. Can we have you on? I was like, yeah. You want to know anything else? Oh, no, nah, we'll talk about it on there. And I'm just like, okay, well. You had your shot we, type deal. I mean, isn't that isn't that something that we're all kind of like um 
our egos kind of get in the way. Like we, we really feel like you hear like one good descriptive purpose, like thinking about a person, you're like, okay, I get that person. You know what I mean? And you forget that as human beings, we're all like seriously complex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but like, yeah, I, I, that started and it, it went well. Uh, I've had a couple of movies, like win some like low, like awards at like, um, film festivals and stuff like that, that I was in. But it, it, it's fun, you know, getting, you know, and it also gives me like a side to like when I watch these wrestling promos, mm-hmm. especially with like certain people like a Liv Morgan who sound very rehearsed uh, or like a Dana Brooke, like from Monday with that thing with Reggie sounded just way too rehearsed. Oh, you yeah. Could t- you could tell in her, you could tell based off the tone in her voice she's just literally the lines are memorized because like the voices are so monotone and like it, to me, it comes off as like just really kind of cheesy acting for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm no great actor by any means. Like I've, I just gave you like my biggest claim to fame on everything, but yeah. Um, but I feel like it gives me like a little one up, like when I watch these promos and stuff, a little bit more um, insight. Yeah. Like when Rhea Ripley was first called up to raw, and she wasn't looking in the camera, but like this way, I thought she was reading cue cards. <laughs> you know, I was that like, wouldn't surprise me. You know, she wasn't looking at the female that was doing the interview with her. She was like standing straight up and the girls like to hear Rhea's like where I am. And Rhea's just that way, not looking at like, you're like, what is she looking at? Then in my mind, I was like, she's not looking at the camera. She's not looking at the girl interviewing her. She's not looking at the tag team partner next to her. She's reading a cue card. Very and well. That's just what I saw. It's just like what I saw. I, I mean, I, I never found out if that part was true or not, but I mean, that's the way it came off. Like if you go back and you watch uh, Rhea Ripley's first raw backstage interview, that's yeah. what I got. Yeah. I've, I've seen things like that in the past though, before too. Like um, when I was a kid, I ended up like at the, the, right place at the right time a couple times and was like on the local news yeah um at one part like i because i used to rollerblade a lot and um, at one time i was like at a skate park another time um i went and saw a movie that was premiering like on groundhog's day or something i can't remember and then one time i um i witnessed a car accident i was i was the like lone uh witness of a car accident i was nine yeah um but I remember out of those three times, they all did the same thing with me was they told me to like when they were talking to me, like the interviewer who was off off scene. Yeah. Off off screen. They didn't have me looking at them. They had me looking like they would point in a direction and they'd find something and they'd be like, focus in like on that trash can. You know, yeah. when you're talking, look at the trash can. I didn't know what it was as, at the time. What it was is I was like a, like an average looking kid. So they were just trying to find my good side. You know, yeah. and so like they they wanted to find my good side, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe that was Rhea. Maybe they were just like, "Hey, Rhea, this is this is the angle right here for you. Uh, we need we need to catch this angle of yeah. So go just look I mean, at yeah. Look at that stack of of like chairs over there. I mean, it could have been that, but I mean, like I said, I just I randomly saw that, and like that's like instantly like right where my head went. I was like, yeah, she's reading a cue card. Yeah, it was, just, it was the most random thing because I've 
never seen anyone else in WWE do that. Normally when they're doing backstage segments, they're looking at the person that's interviewing them or looking at the camera, you know, or like looking back, if it's a tag team thing, you know, looking at their tag team partner, then going back. She just the whole time. And I was like, Oh, okay. It's probably a cue card. Well, I mean, they used to, there's been plenty of other backstage segments where they were given a prop and the lines were literally written on the prop whether it be like a newspaper or something along those lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? I forget which one. I think it was like Tucker or someone like one of them famously during a segment, their prop they had was like slapped out of their hand and they had the lines on it. And so they had to kind of just like flounder because they can't obviously pick up the prop and continue reading it. Um, Yeah. There was another thing I think that happened with Tucker where like they had like, he had the paper in his hand and it was the lines and mm-hmm. he had to like put it behind his back type deal. Yeah. During a segment. I remember too. My problem with that is like, if you're giving them too much to try and remember, you really should just get, make sure, Hey, hit this bullet point, this bullet point, and this bullet point, you can ad lib, but make sure these points get hit. Yep. You know, like, I, that's just the way, like, I, I feel like if you want a promo to come off, not totally scripted, you got to let them be themselves a little bit too. Yeah, well, when, when your writing staff is all mainly like sitcom writers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's that's like I said, that's a whole story for another day. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I love to come on the rewind and uh, oh, well, and we're I definitely can- going to have you on, man. We'll ha- we'll find a Sunday for you. You and I, you know, we can we can talk about all all the acting stuff. We talk about whatever you want, Kyle. I want to thank you for coming on tonight, man. Oh this man, was, the pleasure's all mine, dude. This, this, awesome. this was a lot of fun, and like I said, I, fans, this is something I, I've wanted to do. In case you got bored of the three perspectives that you get each and every week, now every week we're going to start adding other people in to give different wrestling perspectives because it's always great to have. Uh, a fresh idea and a fresh person, you know, who might have different intakes on these news of WWE, AEW and opinions too, because everyone's opinion is different on wrestling and just in life in general. So I had a really great time, Kyle. I want to thank you for coming on. And once again, I want to let you plug all your stuff and let the fans know where they can find you fantastic man and, and genuinely this was a lot of fun i've definitely collabed before and there'd be like no chemistry but i like working yeah. with you, man this is this has been a lot of fun um you guys if you want to if you want to check me out i hope you do for one a um go ahead and bug lee to bring me back on his show because i got nothing better to do on thursdays um and then uh you guys can follow me on twitter at the kai tai show uh you can follow the show's handle at smacked raw pod uh, please check us out. Uh, the rewind shoots live every Sunday night around 9 PM on twitch.tv slash smacked raw. We upload the replays to youtube.com slash smacked raw podcast, uh, where you can check out that along with our various other YouTube content, like the Bammer slammer hosted by our good friend, Dave Bama. Um, and then of course, uh, as we touched on earlier, uh, for all the WWE and AEW shows, 
I do a 10 second recap of them. You usually find them the following morning after the show airs, uh, including I'll have one for Saudi up to up on our elimination chamber up on Sunday too. I'll try to <laughs> crank out a 10 second review of that as well. Um, but yeah, those are all the places that, you know, it's important to find me. Um, and yeah. And if you ever want to hit me up for other things too, I'm a big MMA fan. You know, I love UFC. I could talk hours on hours about UFC. I've been watching it equally as long as I have professional wrestling. So I'm just as big into that area as well. Um, but yeah, hit me up on all those places. It's greatly appreciated. Once again, um, Lee, it's, it's been awesome hanging out with you. Well, now that I know that, I think uh, the next time I do a UFC pay-per-view card prediction, I will have you on. But I already planned on having you on again mm-hmm. for, me for up, man. another show. So, uh, guys, you can expect Kyle to come back here because he will be back. This was a lot of fun. Fans, you can catch Perched on the Top Rope anywhere and everywhere. Facebook.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. We're very close to that 10,000 like mark. Go like us on Facebook. Hell yeah. You, you can find us on Twitter, Perched Top Rope. You can find us on Instagram, Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. You can find us on TikTok, where you will see the new Selena scenes, which if you don't know what those are, go to our TikTok, Perched on the Top Rope. And the most hilarious part that we always plug on our TikTok, if you want to see the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. You heard me correct. Humped by a dog. That's TikTok. I need to get in on this TikTok shit, man. I need to get in on it. (laughs) Such an old curmudgeon. Like, I I just, I'm stuck in my ways. Oh, I am too. It's been very hard for me to learn. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Fans, if you want to go and listen to all our awesome interviews, watch the wrestlers, part of those interviews. If you want to watch Matt Cardona win the NWA 10 pounds of gold, we have the footage on our YouTube, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. And if you want to listen to this podcast, we are anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found. Apple, Amazon, Google, Stitcher, Red Circle, Podbean, Podbay. We are there, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Kyle, I want to thank you for coming on. And fans, remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. We're out, buddy. Hey. I'm going to hit...